Hello, everybody. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 12 of Screen Champs. I'm your host, Dubs, here with my co-host, the Madman Mo. What's going on, brother? What's happening, man? Uh, today's episode, we're going to drop some reviews. We got Sonic and Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, we're going to talk a little Gerard Carmichael. And there's a couple couple random things that happened that I just got to mention. Nothing too crazy. But let's start with Gerard. Uh, I did you see him uh, his SNL opening? The I saw him address the slap, kind of right. Where I think well his SNL stand it was kind of like he so he hosted SNL and mm-hmm. his opening was kind of like oh I'm not I'm not he, he started by saying I'm not going to talk about it and he was talking about the yeah. slap with Will Smith yeah and uh, so you know and by not talking about it he ended up talking about it about all the ways he's not going to talk about it and that Lauren Michaels wanted him to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. but it, during that opening, he had said that his special just came out and that in his special, he came out that he was gay. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, like, okay. And so Gerard is definitely not someone who's been on my radar. I know he's had like a show and stuff, a couple shows mm-hmm. maybe, mm-hmm. but he's not someone that I've ever really dug into any of his stuff. But I, I was kind of curious. I was like, all right. I'd seen that it was on HBO max. I was like, let me check this out. Uh, Gerard Carmichael's stand-up, uh, Roth Daniel is one of the most like incredible things I've ever seen. I don't, well, I, I don't want to, I don't want to like oversell it too much, but it was intense. And so it was directed by Bo Burnham, which is also a reason I wanted to pull it up and check it out. Yeah. You know, it's not very funny. So it is a stand-up. He literally is sitting down the entire time. I don't think he stands up at all. So, um, but it's, uh, technically stand-up routine. And it is the most honest, like, put your soul on display thing that I've ever seen any comedian ever do. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, you know, the Bo Burnham inside was such a, like, a a shock to that genre, you know, and kind of just such a unique thing that it, it was it was hard to even name exactly what it was. Right. This is technically stand-up. I mean, he's sitting there, he's sitting down performing in front of a, you know, small crowd. Uh, there's, you know, everything he's in there, he's by himself. There's a mic on the stage. Uh, but I mean, he just, he talks about his family. He airs out some family stuff and he talks about stuff about himself and the whole tone of it is just, you know, I've been keeping secrets my whole life. I think it's just time I'm honest and kind of explaining like what it's done to him, keeping secrets and explaining the secrets that he has kept as a child, like talking a lot about his dad's infidelity and things like that. And just kind of really intense like it i was so uncomfortable when he was talking i just couldn't get but like in a good way Uh, it's hard to explain yeah yeah Yeah, it's almost like therapeutic like hearing someone talk about you know some of their stuff in their life and and although it might not be the same thing that's going on in your life just being able to express like your feelings and doing it in a comedic way and doing it effectively, like it's just something that everyone yeah. wishes they could do. Right? Like, it was wild. It was like almost to not be like weird yeah. or awkward about it. Were, were, was the audience like? Did were they kind of like quiet or were, were they cracking up or? Oh did yeah, they open up. It was a very unique crowd. I don't know. It's hard Dang. to explain. I definitely yeah, say yeah, you got to yeah, watch yeah. it. Uh, when he sits down, he's kind of like, "Hey," uh, and he even says, I, "I need you guys to be able to talk to me. I want you to feel as comfortable as I want to feel." Something like that. He says, and then uh, he's Dang. like, "Because this is only going to work if like we're we're like family here." And so there's literally points in the stand-up where he's just kind of sitting there like thinking. Like he's talking about his mom. He's like, I don't know like exactly what I expect from her. 
And then someone in the crowd just out of nowhere is like, well, why, why, why don't you give her time? Just like you needed time to say this. Why don't you give her time? And he's just like, yeah, you know, and he just starts responding. He's just crazy. This is really vulnerable, like weird thing. Yeah. And so like when the audience is involved, it doesn't feel like gross or annoying. And he's not treating them as hecklers. He's treating them as just like people that are just having a conversation with him. It was very unique and very weird. And I, I mean, it's one of my, it's my, I feel like when I watched it, I had texted someone like, oh, I just finished my favorite standup of 2022. That was quick. Like, all right, there we go. It was just so <laughs> unique. So good. So heavy, that, heavy recommendation for anyone to watch uh, Gerard Carmichael's uh, Roth Daniel. And that's on Netflix? It's like HBO Max. HBO Max. I, it's too good to be on uh, Netflix. Huh? <laughs> I mean, hey, inside, inside was on Netflix. I still would put Inside, I mean, above this, but. That was, yeah. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, that's, it seems like the formatting is closer to, like, what a Dave Chappelle stand-up than what, what Bo Burnham did, right? Yeah, it's actually very similar to the Dave Chappelle's bird revelation stand-up uh, that came out in 2017 where he's sitting at the comedy store, sits on a stool yeah. for most of the time and kind of talks. And although I think that's a genius hour of entertainment and I absolutely love it. And it's probably, I mean, right now my top five easily this as so I'm not saying this was better, but oh. no, it's, it's, I, I, I'm not, I, I wouldn't say that yet, but I will say that, I've just never seen something so honest. And I think that a lot of yeah. times we, um, that comedians are honest about their opinions on things and they kind of mm -hmm. push the envelope in a lot of ways, but he's just talking about himself, but he's talking, but he's also talking about his family and he's just airing out family stuff that mm -hmm. it just feels like, Oh, bro, you can't do that. No, 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 don't say that. You know, and he's just talking yeah. about like all the times his dad cheated on his mom. And now, yeah. you know, and, and it was just, but very like, I don't know. Very Is it funny. Does, does he have like, does he have like jokes, like bits that he wrote down, or there are jokes just... in it? There's also oh, parts okay. of it that feel like there's no way. I mean, what there is a way uh, because I'm a cynic, right? But it felt very <laughs> genuine. A lot of points. I mean, there's certain times where he just kind of stops talking and just kind of like looks down and is just thinking, and then someone in the audience will say something and he'll respond to them, but. It seems like there's multiple times in the show where he's like, I wish I had a joke right now. I just don't have it. Uh, but there's also times where he tells jokes. And there was funny yeah. moments. Like, I for sure laughed. But, I mean, he is, he is still a comedian, right? It's there. It's definitely there. He's definitely a funny yeah, guy yeah. telling stories. But He's a funny dude. Yeah, he's a funny dude. Um, yeah. And I know some of the stuff he's been doing. I know he did some documentaries and um, you know, this stand up is, you know, kind of showcasing who he is because I really just know him from like neighbors, neighbors too. Like, <laughs> yeah. And mid nineties, he plays like a small room in like mid nineties, but he's done other, like, you know, like, like you were talking about, you know, some shows that he did, some other stuff that he's done. He's definitely been involved and he's been given opportunities, but, um, uh, it feels like Bo saw something in him. It was like, we're going to like expose you we're gonna put you out in the spotlight and the whole world's gonna know who you are uh did you, are you aware of the tyrese like martin scorsese tweet because it's probably like the funniest saddest thing i've ever oh, seen yeah. in my life yeah it sounds like um yeah so it sounds like something i would do for sure so <laughs> so rough. i feel bad for my man tyrese and i and i already feel bad for him because in morbius like it just makes no sense he said in like his character in morbius is also a superhero 
Like he kind of described that his character that way. So this guy is like, man, he's he's going through it. He needs to be like <laughs> talked about. He needs to be loved. Like he definitely wants to uh, have a huge career. Well, there was some stuff where I I guess yeah, his like he had like a robot arm in some promo pics, and then yeah, you like yeah. didn't you like hardly saw it in the movie at all, oh, and yeah. then someone was like, well, you know, he may be like a superhero later. It's like, wait, what? Like, and I so. The other thing where I feel bad for Tyrese, and I rarely feel bad for Tyrese because he's yeah. so like wild, is that they're like, "Hey, Tyrese, you know this is this is kind of like your origin story. You know, you're going to be a cop here. You got the arm. People are going to ask about the arm. The arm is going to be a big thing here. People are going to be asking yeah. about the arm. It's because you're uh, your arm guy in the next movie, whatever, whoever the <laughs> fuck he is, right? And and so he's like sweet. And then they they you know they edit it's this movie to shit, shit yeah, where you don't see it at all. <laughs> And so he's like, so you're telling people, like, no, bro, I'm the next superhero. It's like, are you sure? It looks like you played, like, a de- you were essentially a detective in a Saw movie. Like, you didn't yeah, do anything. A bad like, detective, yeah. too. Like, bad. Just nothing. <laughs> like, you're, like, yeah. one of the Wahlberg brothers. Just like, hey, what's Big going on scar here? on your neck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, just like a, a nondescript cop. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, just nothing. <laughs> and so I, I do feel like that's a possibility. But here's what happened. So... There was a while where when Morbius was getting totally just dogged in the reviews, and it still is. Yeah. It's like at a 16% right now. Uh, yeah. That Morbius sweep, like hashtag Morbius sweep started trending on Twitter. And people were just saying really like overtly positive things about Morbius as a joke just because of how terrible it was. Right. One of the things that got posted was a picture, a Photoshop picture of Martin Scorsese at the premiere uh, with a quote from Martin Scorsese, supposedly. Saying, and I just, it's bananas to even read this. I was aghast to find out it was based on a comic book. This is the truest height of cinema, and even I cannot top it. A wise man admits when he was wrong, and I was wrong. I apologize to all comic book movies. Uh, and little backstory there. Martin Scorsese has said that comic book movies, he compared them to amusement parks. He's like, they, they oh, yeah. definitely have a place. They're just not cinema. Like, they're not... And then, of course, everyone's like, ah, oh, what is cinema? You're old, whatever. Old man yells at clouds kind of thing. I don't want to get into that argument, but that's what he said. So that's kind of where that joke comes from. Tyree sees this, reposted on Instagram, tags a director, and it's like, cheers and hats off to you. This is amazing, King. This is a king of kings of cinema, Martin Scorsese. This is huge. It's just so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing because it's so obviously fake. It's like the craziest. I, I was shocked when I saw it, but then I realized it was Tyree's. And I was not shocked at all. It's a pretty good Photoshop picture. So the, the Photoshop picture <laughs> yeah. looked really. He's like, <laughs> sure, on the red carpet, on a red carpet. You would think though, Tyrese would have known. Like he would. If I'm Tyrese, like, I'm going you there? to every red carpet. I'm going to everything. Yeah, man. And just that quote. It's like, come on. You know he didn't say that. You know he didn't say this is the truest height of cinema, and even I cannot top it. But there's also this moment where Tyrese is, you know, he's like cried on Instagram because The Rock won't be in a movie or because they made Hobbs and Shaw, right? Didn't he like cry on Instagram for that? No, I think he cried. There's a cringy thing about him. He was like crying about his daughter and stuff. But um, Well, yeah, but not being able to feed him because Hobbs and Shaw, like because they did Hobbs and Shaw and it was a movie that didn't involve the other Fast and Furious cast, which he is one of. And so he was like, oh, like you guys are taking time and away from us filming the next Fast and Furious movie to film Hobbs and Shaw, and I need to feed my daughter. 
I think that's the yeah, same thing. Yeah, he, well, he, yeah, he, a shout out to him because he fought for like Transformers. Like they, they made another one and he was like, I need to be in this movie. And he fought his way and they, like the director, like they threw him in there. They they, they made <laughs> scenes for him. They were like, like someone was like, bro, he's got to feed his daughter. He was like, oh, okay, well, I can't let that not happen. So let's go ahead and throw him in there. And he, you know, he just, he's, he wasn't a big guy in it, but you know, he, uh, He's definitely fighting for his roles. I I just feel bad. I'm <laughs> yeah. telling you, he's going through it, bro. He's going through it, like, and that that tweet just doesn't help his look at all, man. No, I feel so bad. There was uh, a height, right? He had a height, right? I think it was too fast, too furious. Was his height? That was it. What was that? Okay, that oh, was he's sure. been pimping that. Yeah, that was a while ago. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was not not recent, <laughs> not recent at all. The Tyrese height. <laughs> It's rough now. That's now so it's like just Fast and Furious movies. That's pretty it's much so it. cringy. Like trolling could just like man. If you're his friend, like what what do you tell Tyrese? I don't know what someone's trying they're so far removed from like who I am as a person. I can't even imagine to like feel like what a day with them is like because Yeah, there's no way. I mean he clearly thought the movie was good, which is great. I guess Jared Leto's excited about it too. I don't know. It just a wise man admits when he was wrong, and I was wrong. I apologize to all comic book movies. Like, come on, come on, guys. That's clearly fake. Come on, uh, but it's all right. You know, shout out. I, I heard someone say like, "This is so embarrassing; they can't even laugh at it." And I, I almost feel that way. It's rough. Well, yeah. When I saw it, I was just like, "Yikes! <laughs> rough look, bro." Like, you better delete that <laughs> shit. Like, you better, you know, or you follow up with like, "Oh, y'all got me." Damn, I thought it was legit. <laughs> like, all right, hey, well, y'all still better show for more. Like, I would just—that's like, all you can really do—is laugh at yourself, right? Yeah, he, he might laugh at himself so hard though, it just looks crazy. And you know, yeah, like kind of like, yeah, like Will Smith after he smacked Chris Rock. Every joke he was like dying laughing. <laughs> like PG, <PG's laughs> we're gonna talk about this after. <laughs> yeah, he's just yeah. knee slapping. Like, yeah, this is hilarious. Wall now. Yeah, like uh, it's, it's hey. It was, Someone check on Tyrese for us. Um, you know, ne- next up, shoot a DM. Yeah, shoot a DM. Yeah, <laughs> the same the same way you shot Will Smith a DM. I did, bro. I was like, I love you, brother. I was really hoping man. he would come with me to go see Hillsong United. It would have been awesome. You tried to save him, man. You tried to save his soul. Oh well, next time, next like, time. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's gonna be more slap moments. I'm sure. Yeah, of course. Um, so, so next here. This is just a quick thing, and one of our listeners sent it to us because one of the common themes that I that I have personally in this show is that I want a short movie, and yep. uh, I do not want long movies. Plot twist: both movies we're reviewing today were over two hours, you know, and that's oh, yeah. that's a hurdle I had to you know bear, you know. So, NSNL uh, this past weekend did a little like musical skit with Pete Davidson, and is uh, called Short Ass Movies, and it was essentially a song about. Wanting short ass movies. I think in the song he says nothing longer than an hour and forty minutes. I respect it. And Netflix was like, you know what? Good idea. And now Netflix made a short ass movie category uh, in honor of that Pete Davidson oh. skin. These days, when I sit down to watch a movie, I can find just about anything in the world. But night after night, there's only one kind of movie I'm always looking for. 
And that's a short ass movie, a really short movie, like at most an hour 40. Give me that short ass movie. A short ass movie, a really short movie, cause you know I ain't gonna sit here and watch no long ass movie. I found a flick, I'm about to pick it, but right before I click it, I look down right below the line, and that's when I see the runtime. Three hours, 27 minutes? Bro, you must be crazy. No thanks, I'ma watch a short ass movie like Driving Miss Daisy. So, think about this. Sex in the City 2 was two hours and 26 minutes long. To put that in perspective, the movie Jurassic Park was two hours and seven minutes long. That was a movie that told the history of dinosaurs, how DNA works, and explained the science of bringing dinosaurs back to life. And Sex in the City 2, you know, which was a movie about four women we already knew, was 20 minutes longer. I'm not saying that's bad or anything. I'm just, just saying that's... Crazy, right? Do you, do you have some some movies on that list? Uh no, I can look some Damn. up though, real quick. Yeah, let's let's see what's on that short short hitter category, and let's see how good they are. I have a theory that short movies are bad movies. Oh, oh, what's your favorite short movie? My favorite short movie. I think your favorite movie is like long. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or we just watch so much movies at this point that like we just need those. 140, 130, because we could consume something else quicker. All right. Short ass movies. I'm sure there's some bangers here. All right. Short ass movies. We got The Rental. I actually dug that. Um, I watched that driving, so that's a huge vibe. <laughs> um, let's see. Windfall. Oh, I liked Windfall. Oh, I actually uh, like Windfall too. Uh, Midnight in Paris. It's a little problematic. Uh, let me see. London Has Fallen. Road Trip. Project X. Stand by Me, classic Lady Bird. Okay, oh, I like Lady Bird a lot. Yeah. Oh, we got scary oh, movies here: yeah. Final Destination Three, Final Destination Five, Anaconda, The Strangers Come at Night, Hostel, When a Stranger Calls, Final Destination One. There we go. Let's get them in order. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw 3D. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, comedies: Road Trip, Bad Trip, uh, Not Another Teen Movie, classic oh, Scary Movie Four, classic. Bad Grandpa Point Five. There you go. Scary Movie 5, Harold and Kumar Christmas. I mean, this is where you're coming for entertainment. Yeah, but they're not like... like The the best movie on that list was what, Stand By Me? Oh, bro. Richie Rich. Oh, Richie Rich. Richie Rich. I'm a huge fan of Richie Rich. Really? Yeah. Was that Macaulay Culkin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was that Macaulay Culkin? Oh, yeah, bro. He has a McDonald's in his house, bro. It's like, yeah. I do remember that. That's funny. I gotta listen to that song. I, I didn't know they did that. Oh, and yeah. And I'm a huge SNL, uh, SNL guy. I've just been, I've been watching SNL, man. All right. Let's, uh, let's hop to our reviews here. All right. So we'll start with Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, this one's directed by Jeff Fowler. This is written by like seven people. You know, these movies are written by committee. I'm not giving anyone credit for this movie. Um, Damn. <laughs> the synopsis here is, when the manic Dr. Robotnik returns to Earth with a new ally, Knuckles the Echidna... Sonic and his new friend Tails is all that stands in their way. Uh, starring Ben Schwartz as Sonic, Idris Elba as Knuckles, we got James Marsden, Jim Carrey, Ron Tomatoes here, sixty-six percent audience score, a ninety-nine percent. Yikes! Uh, Madman, what'd you think of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog two? Uh, I think if you wanted the sequel to Sonic, then you got it. They did a good job. It's almost as enjoyable as the first one. It it does drag. It is long. I didn't realize it was yeah. gonna be that long. And the human elements in, in this, you know, sequel, I feel like I 
did not like it as much as in the first. Uh, I felt like it brought the movie back, but the movie was very fun and exciting. I think the action sequences were dope. I liked, you know, some of the video game callback stuff and just the video game esque scenes. And, um, there was a lot of good stuff in there. Idris Elba, he, he did a good job and he made Knuckles intimidating. Knuckles is supposed to be a little intimidating, I guess. And this is, uh, again, this is like video game, <laughs> like based on a video game. It's, they're freaking like furries. They're running around and they're like, they're powerful. It's, it's wild. It's, it's a wild concept. You know, being an adult watching this movie, you're like, damn, like we, I enjoy it. Cause I played the games and stuff and you know, you could always be a kid at heart, but, um, I, I, I wish, uh, Jim Carrey was like a little less goofy in scenes, but I, I really liked the goofiness in some scenes. Uh, I just feel like he could have been retold a little bit. I feel like he, like, it, it wasn't just like funny, goofy Jim Carrey. Like in some scenes, I was like, all right, bro, you're doing a little bit too much. And that's good. I don't know how into the role you are or if they want you to be like that, but I'm just accept that you're a weird dude that I love. And, you know, maybe the third one, you know, they'll, they'll, make you a little bit more welcoming i guess uh yeah i sh- I definitely share a lot of those sentiments uh, jim carrey i watched this movie with a full crowd jim carrey definitely fell flat a lot in this movie there's just yeah a lot of non-laughs um there was adults and children all around so that was kind of weird that being said i mean I, I i mean i don't know this is i don't even i almost don't even feel comfortable like reviewing this i don't even know what anyone wants me to say it's like yeah it was a sonic movie i, I don't I don't really care about Sonic. Didn't like the first one very much. I just watched it recently because this one was coming out. I was like, oh, okay, that was all right. Watch this one. I was like, oh, that was all right. I will tell you this. There were some kids in the audience. They seemed to dig the movie a yeah. ton. So I'm yeah. happy for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the stuff where it was like the people interacting like without Sonic around is just the, the human characters. Like that was, it was funny because I feel like those were the only parts I like really enjoyed. And at the same time, it was like Disney Channel level, like conversation and interaction. So, yeah. Even then, I mean, it just kind of there. I mean, it's a kids movie. It's just a, it's just a kids movie. So yeah, I mean, I can, I mean, Idris Elba as Knuckles was like cool. I was like, oh, it's Idris Elba, and uh, yeah. But I, I don't really have a strong opinion on this one either way. To be honest, I, I don't. I, I mean, was I a huge fan of it? No. If you're not like a Sonic fan. Don't watch it because it's not it's not gonna convert anyone, it's not gonna change any lives. They didn't like uh they didn't completely reinvent the Sonic like, you know, movie and you know, it's not like what Dark Knight did for superhero movies or anything like that. It's just uh just Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It's a fun little kids movie coming out. Yeah, I I mean, um the the so the tells inclusion and the knuckles inclusion is huge right for this like franchise and i'm sure they're gonna make more of these movies and yeah um i i think they hit it like out the park with them like they did a good job kind of uh including these characters and uh making them like true to the games and stuff i think like i don't know who directed this uh jeff fowler did he direct the first one or no i I have no idea feel like this guy jeff like really appreciates the games and appreciates i guess what it did for him because yeah it you know there's a lot of stuff that that was good uh you know when it's based off this game like there was a lot of good things that that came from it and made it really enjoyable and really like true like i you know i'm 
I think this is a good adaption from something based on a video game. I know we've talked about like video game movies and you know, like this is just a good adaption from that. They, they did a good job. It's, it's no, no wonder why it's not like a hit. I, I, I don't know how much money this movie is going to make. Right. Cause the budget's kind of big. And I, I feel like the budget shows in the movie, the effects were good, right? Did you have any issues with the effects or with the sound effects? I feel like the sound effects no. were intense. I wish I was like in an IMAX or in Adobe, because when they first introduced Knuckles, I was like, "Holy shit, this is tight!" No, this um, is a nine. It's a ninety million dollar movie. The first one made like I think fifty eight million opening weekend. It was really successful, like uh, more successful than they anticipated. Oh damn! Okay, yeah, that was right before COVID shut down too. Yes, yes. Early February 2020. That's wild. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm I'm kind of the same with with you in the sense where like I don't really have like a strong opinion other than it was enjoyable and it it's a good adaption and it's a good continued story. Could have been way better. Um, and I think I just want just action, nonstop action. And then after watching everything everywhere all at once like i'm like bro like this we need action everywhere like that's an hour long of action like action all the time um they definitely could have cut out some of the human elements and there's an opportunity where they could have you know there's there's a point where like you know the the i guess sonic's parents or whatever right as the caretakers they're like hey we're gonna go leave and do this thing and they dip they could have just left it like that you know like they have their inclusion in the first movie and then now it could just be you know a fun I guess kid, you know, Sonic movie, but no, they threw in all this human stuff, and it was super weird. There was a moment where I was like, "Man, this is this fifteen minutes, twenty minutes could have been all cut." <laughs> like this, yeah. they did nothing for the story. <laughs> no, for sure, it was kind of just like a roadblock before the rest of the movie played out. Uh, and yeah. it is over two hours, so for a Sonic the Hedgehog two movie, it's a little long. But yeah, at the end, by the end, when that last scene happened, like the last big fight. I kind of forgotten that a character even existed. I mean, I wasn't too invested, as you can probably tell, but I'd kind of forgotten that the character <laughs> was even there. And then when they kind of went back to focusing on him, and it was this whole grand fight again, I was like, "Wait, didn't this movie like end already? Like, what is going on?" And then there was just like another ending. I was like, "Jeez, Louise!" But you know, again, it was not a uh, super stoked. But yeah, kids loved it. And then there's a stinger at the end of the movie, a little like, end credit scene. People were freaking out in the theater. And I like I had no idea what was going on. They were losing their minds. So uh, again, the people that are hyped for Sonic, like bro, they did it. They did it again. Can you believe it? And they're making a third one. They're making a third one, and they're making a Knuckles spinoff. So like, hell yeah, yeah. hell yeah, all my yeah. Sonic heads out there, bro. Like, I mean, you already watched the movie. I mean, it's already out, so there's no way you haven't seen it. <laughs> How sick was that? Am I right? How sick was that, dude? Sonic. Uh, James like, Morrison, where they get this guy? Nice guy. I like, love right? like the little troll in there. Like I just love like the little like, <laughs> like the yeah. little Martin Scorsese, uh, you know, Tyree situation. Going <laughs> <on right now. laughs> um, for sure. What? Do you, how do you want to rate this with, or what do you want to do? Ah, uh, let's rate this with. Uh, we can rate this with snacks. Get a lot of snacks. Um. What about chili dogs? Yeah, we yeah chili yeah we do chili dogs. I know you love the chili, chili dogs. dogs. Yeah, there's a there's an amazing chili dog moment with Sonic, yeah. like legendary chili dog moment. Yep, 
All right, so let's do, let's do chili dogs. I'm giving this 70 chili dogs. Okay. Uh, 70 chili dogs. You know, kit glasses are definitely a factor here. I bet they are. Um, for the for the third movie and for the Knuckles sequel, this they just need to focus on like Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles, like just that world, just those characters. Like let's let's focus on that. Let's eliminate the human characters. They were good to introduce this world and get it going, but you could just get rid of it. Like just get rid of it. You don't need all these humans. Like just focus on these characters. And if they're doing this Knuckles thing and uh, and another sequel, then. Just focus on that. You'll just do way better. It'll it'll do good. There's some heartfelt moments with James Marsden and uh, and uh, Sonic, and uh, so you know you know little little cute, and um, but like you could just just keep it small. Just just kind of eliminate that, and it would be higher. I really enjoyed the action. I really enjoyed um, just like the fun in it. Like there's some fun scenes, and especially that Matt Cruz scene. I was yelling too. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be 70 chili dogs, uh, three word reviews and be classic Sonic shenanigans. Mm. I, I was just cracking up with tells. He was like, Oh, Sonic. Like, he's just such a fanboy. Like, I wish someone like looked up to me as much as tells as Sonic, but he's like, <laughs> Oh, like, so- look, like only you can get in this drama. You know, like, here's some cool shit I made for you. You know, like, yeah. And, uh, there's a whole dance battle. There's a whole, like, oh, you know, just craziness. Like, you it's saying that like, it was a good thing. Yeah, I enjoyed okay, okay, it. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like some, uh, especially growing up, some of the best moments are like these weird ass, random ass moments you have with friends. You're like, bro, like, can you believe we did this? Yeah, that was out of control. That was crazy. Things like that. Um, it, this movie <laughs> has some uh, wild little things, and um, it's a lot of fun being a kid, right? Like, it's just so cool. Let's do a dance battle, dude. I, I'm just trying to yeah. get into a dance battle, I think, is what I'm trying to Yeah, they were in, like, a bar in Siberia about to get murdered. Yeah, but yeah. guess the what? The shenanigans we have as kids. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Dance. I know, right? Just, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm down to low-key almost die with you, Dubs. That, that'd be kind of cool. I heard be that. Cool story All right. So, no, I, I think my score is going to be, like, a, a 50 chili dogs out of 100. And that's, like, yep. in my mind, I'm looking at that as, like, almost abstaining from scoring. So, I'm going to give it a score, but it's almost like a... It's not like a 50, like, oh, this movie deserves a 50. It's that if I really, I think, talked about my actual, like, enjoyment level, kind of, like, what I liked about it. Yeah, it's hard for it's hard for me to look at a kid's movie, like, like just from the kid eyes. So I understand that a kid would probably like this a lot more. And the kids in the theater I was with dug it. If you have kids that are excited, like, hell yeah, they're going to love it. Uh, you, yeah, might not as much. I was hoping for more, like, Jim Carrey stuff that I really, like, responded yeah. to. and. And was kind of excited about. I was really excited for the Jim Carrey aspect of it all, and to hopefully get like a a zany performance that reminded me of you know the old days like Liar Liar, Ace Ventura yeah. type of Jim Carrey, just that eccentric guy. I, I didn't. I I really I tried hard to see it. I just couldn't see it there. I didn't didn't love it. There's a couple moments that played, but for the most part, I was sorely disappointed in the Jim Carrey performance. But whatever, you know, my fifty is like. Uh, you know, it's almost like me pleading the fifth here. Oh, and my three-word review is going to be just a colorful fever dream. Uh, it's, just, it's just happening. These guys are going around. There's uh, yellow blurs, red blurs, blue blurs, and then things happen. So, colorful fever dream. <laughs> all right. So, next up here, we have Everything Everywhere All at Once, a new movie uh, from A24 Studios. Shout out A24. 
Uh, this one's written and directed by Daniels, who are uh, two gentlemen, Dan Kwan and Daniel Shiner, that go by Daniels. It's kind of cool. I literally thought every time I saw this poster, I thought this was directed by Lee Daniels. It is not. Uh, I thought, you know, it's like a Spike Lee joint. It was like a Daniels film. I was like, all right, dude, yeah, we get it. All right, we get it, That's Lee Daniels. wild. Yeah. yeah just I so could I, see that. Happening. I just didn't know. I did not know. Uh, the synopsis here is an aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes, connecting with the lives she could have led. Uh, this movie starring, and I feel like I'm going to butcher these names, but I'm just going to throw them once here. Uh, Michelle Yeoh, or Yeoh, who played Evelyn Yang. Uh, fun fact, on her IMDb, there's 12 things that are in development right now after this movie, which Jesus is Christ. just an insane number. Uh, then we got Ki Huai Kwan, uh, who played Waymond, her husband. And fun fact, he uh, was, and I just watched this on a plane recently, which matters to no one, but I was just kind of like, oh, he was short round in the Indiana Jones movies, and he played Data in the Goonies. And uh, he's not done a ton of acting. So this guy, he has gaps in his resume. Between 1997 2002, there's nothing. And between 2002 and 2001, like a little 19-year gap, just nothing. And uh, so what he did in this movie, considering that, considering the fact that like besides those couple like huge movies he was in as a kid, uh, he hasn't done much. Uh, it's pretty impressive. And then oh, yeah. uh, Stephanie Hsu uh, played their daughter Joy. And then, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis played uh, Deidre Bodirdi, who is a uh, wild, wild character. And the name is even crazier. Ron Tomatoes here has the score. It's the same for both. It's a 97% critics, 97% audience. Uh, man, man, what'd you think of this movie? Everything, everywhere, all at once. This movie was a lot. This movie was a ton, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just wild. I don't know how to explain it to someone. Like I, I really don't. Like I, I, I think I've talked to like three people about this movie. I just I have a hard time explaining it. And um, the only thing that I really can say is that this movie is wild. There's a lot of crazy shit happening. Really good action, but it's like at its core, it's just like a ger- generational family like drama. Like that's all like I could really put it as. But there's so much more in there. There's so much crazy wild shit. It's this movie's fucking hilarious. It's so funny. So many funny stuff, callbacks, like just, just like amazing. It seems like Hollywood just loves multiverse stuff. You know, Spider Man, uh, the the Spidey verse, and then like the animated one, and freaking this, this other multiverse, and then freaking Morbius, or you know, there's just multiverse crap all the way around, and it's a weird phenomenon in Hollywood, and um. And yeah, I I freaking enjoyed it. I'm happy I didn't know that much about it. I didn't know anything about the directors. I don't know who was acting in it. All I know is that this movie was going to be wild, and it was. I was a little confused. The runtime is long, so there's a lot of stuff in there. Um, but I I found myself really enjoying this movie, and it's been a while since I've seen like something original and just something to, like <laughs> yeah like like just its own thing like art like it's just it was really good it really surprised me so i mean yeah i think you started this review off by saying it's a lot and it is it's it's like it's everything all uh, right there's there's something Everywhere. that's uh all at once that's very <laughs> unique about it uh because i there's this one of those movie one of the reviews i read that i, I really like what they said 
and it's funny because we comped or or you had comped Morbius to the Matrix last week. Like, oh, or you so you didn't like some of the Matrix moments in there? And someone was like, This this is the like closest thing to the Matrix we've seen as far as like this like kind of like sci-fi movie mm-hmm. that's just totally like something like nothing you've ever seen before. And um a lot of people have been calling it like a love letter to cinema. And mm-hmm. what's interesting is that I listened to the directors talk about this movie and someone kind of had said that like, oh, clearly you guys are like big movie fans. and There's so many like um, homages to certain things. And they're like, well, not just movies. Like they're like comics and poetry and books. Like, and they just started naming like all these other art forms and that they're like very passionate about. And they're like, so, and they even said like, we're not like movie guys really We're we're not. And they, so I thought that was like crazy when I heard that. I was like, that's just because when you watch the movie, it doesn't feel like that. It really feels like a love letter to cinema, but I oh, think yeah. in a lot of ways, it's just a love letter to art and um, not to like paint it with too broad a stroke, but I just dug this movie overall. I think that if you're a fan of movies, you should watch it. It is a little long. I mean, it's, it's like two, two and a half hours long and there's uh, some stuff that's discombobulating, but essentially like the format of this movie is like, it kind of starts out, you know, creates a world where the main character, Michelle Yeoh, who is just absolutely terrific in this movie, too. And middle-aged, you know, everyone, like almost all these characters are like middle-aged characters, which is mm-hmm. kind of interesting, too, just for a movie, right? Um, and she's she's kind of just frustrated with her, you know, business and everything like that. And they're going to the IRS because they're being audited. And her husband's trying to get a divorce. and But she doesn't even have enough time for him to tell her she wants to get a divorce. And her daughter's gay and she's got a problem with that because they're like a traditional family. So there's all this stuff going on and they set that groundwork. And then about 30 minutes in, it just becomes an action movie and it stays an action movie for literally oh, yeah. like an hour and a half. And uh, it almost becomes like this diehard type situation where they're just in this building fighting everyone. And uh, yeah. So throughout, I mean, she's kind of using like going to different like it's a multiverse, so she's going to different realities to like harness the skills from that person and use them in the current realm. Uh, I do think that with the Marvel stuff, I think that a lot like Marvel making the multiverse concept so like uh, so normal to the point where literally the new Doctor Strange movie is called the Multiverse of Madness. They head into the Spider Verse. I think that them normalizing it made this movie easier for people to um like just take and take in and even watching the trailer they see like oh multiverse i get that whereas if this trailer would have come out without the spider-man doing what they did without dr strange doing what it did i think people might have been like oh the hell is this sci-fi shit you know it's a little it's a little crazy now but uh marvel really normalized it the multiverse of it, I I was a little worried with like how it would make sense because sci-fi is just so hard, right? Like explaining like like a movie like Tenet explaining that was just so like confusing and like difficult for me. And for others it might not have been, but for me I was like tuned out. I had to watch like three times I to think figure Tenet this out. Is uh, universally confusing to people. I think the most oh, okay. I think most I, people we call it so. confusing. I think that's, that's fair. great, man. I I'm gonna call someone out that says, "Oh, I understood it for for the get." Oh, they're, like, no, they're you didn't. Full of it. No, you did not. <laughs> you're not that. No, don't be a fake movie guy. Okay, yeah. you can say you're confused. That's fine. Um, freaking uh, the 
This one, they, they the way the writing worked out, it made the sci-fi nonsense make sense in some way. Like, cause I, I, they just didn't. I don't think they dived a little bit too much into it, right? Like fully explain, like straight up, like how all this happened. Um, yeah, I mean, you explain what you need to. You know, they explain they explain yeah, enough to keep good. the story going. Keep it simple, and that's yeah, kind of it. it you, know, you don't have to like mm-hmm. break down how it works. It's just this is what it is. It's like okay, cool, good to know. Keep pushing. Yeah, and and, and it just adds to the charm of the craziness of the movie because the movie is just out of control. There's so many different worlds that are just like. <laughs> It's just weird. So many moments around, like, what the hell is going on, dude? And, yeah. you know, I watched in a packed house. Everyone's cracking up. Some more than others where I'm like, okay, it can't be that funny. But then, you know, other scenes, I'm, like, cracking up, like, louder than them. And I'm like, all right, shit. Well, they got me. <laughs> like, they did, they did a good job. This movie's out of control. Like, it's just wild. And um, and it was, it, was, it was a lot of joy in here, bro. Yeah, no, it is out of control. And there's, you know, there's a moment early on in the movie where Jamie Lee Curtis, who's playing the IRS uh, person or the IRS agent, like turns around. And she's like, I didn't win these awards for nothing. And they're all like IRS employee of the month, but they're like butt plugs. Yep. Um, and I'm like, and I looked at it. I was like, is that a, is that a butt plug? Like, what is yeah. what's going on? And I'm, hey, to be clear, not a, I'm not uh, super familiar with butt plugs, right? But I was like, pretty sure. <laughs> Pretty sure it's a butt it's a plug. Butt plug. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, that's like, and I'm like, a funny joke because they're, you know, it's the IRS and, the, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a visual gag. Yeah. It's like a visual. Yeah. yeah. So, and I was like, oh, that's kind of goofy. Right. And I wasn't familiar, too familiar with these directors. Now, uh, that butt plug uh, definitely came in later in the movie, uh, to <laughs> which in one of the funniest scenes, and you had said it earlier, uh, one of the weirdest, uh, funniest things about this movie is that although this is an R-rated movie, and it earns it, um, there's a moment where this guy literally jumps on a butt plug, and uh, he's he like jumps like slow motion and everything. He has no pants on, and they just completely blur out his privates. It's just blurred out, like as if it was on TV or edited or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I kind of uh, appreciated that. It was kind of nice to not to see this guy's uh, junk swinging around everywhere during the fight scene, because he continues to be in the movie and fighting, just blurred out the whole time. So it's pretty oh, yeah. wild. Yeah. And then I, so I found out that the directors of this did the music video for like Turn Down for What, which is, I mean, the song is like, you know, it's a banger, right? Plays everywhere. The music video is like just the most chaotic, crazy thing where this guy is essentially just gyrating and like his crotch is like blowing things up. Like, He's sitting in the room. His girlfriend's like throwing stuff at him. His crotch just keeps everything's exploding. He's like humping her. He's humping the TV. And then all of a sudden she just starts twerking and then they like fall through the ground. It's this absolutely chaotic music video. And I remember watching it and being like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And I just hated it. And then I watched this movie, find out that they're the same directors. And as much as I hated that music video, and I'm still like not a fan. But I did revisit it today, and I was like, "Holy shit! Like this is that same kind of chaos." They it's just, made, yeah, yeah. Now there's an actual story to it, right? Now there's like, yeah, this fun, but there's like a super like zaniness about this movie that it's so nice that it doesn't take itself that seriously. It's nice that there's like a fight scene and this guy is like has a butt plug, and I'm I, that sounds grosser than it actually is in the movie. To be clear, in the movie it's like funny. I know it kind of sounds gross saying it now, but. Uh, you know, and, and there's there's just certain chaos, funny stuff that just works. 
And it makes the movie an overall so much better experience, I think, because of that kind of wackiness. Yeah, it's like Quentin Tarantino-ish, like where there's some like wild stuff that happens. And if it's not like Quentin, then it could be like, ah, this is kind of weird or whack or it's not as funny. But this, at no point did I feel like grossed out or I was like, oh, this is stupid or this is like. Like, like they're like making a joke out of it, you know, rather than paying like respect to like cinema, right? You can see all these people like, oh yeah, like these people have to be cinema heads because all these callbacks, all these things. Um, but you know, it's not like a spoof. Like it, it's just, it was just really well done. I, 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 I really enjoyed how it worked out. And there's like a legit like Disney ripoff, and it worked. Like <laughs> I don't know, like oh, I the ratatouille thing, could, yeah. Yeah, like I didn't think like yeah with a raccoon like I I didn't Hilarious. think that like someone could do that you know as well as they did and they did they did such a good job at it and it's 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 just funny it's it it worked out really well they did a really good job props to the direction obviously the freaking script you know whoever wrote this whoever compiled all this and made the it Daniels. make sense like bro the daniels they're just freaking <laughs> on it dude they, freak, they they just did such a good job and um you know there's a world where right they, they probably just wanted to have fun you know they, they they had just done swiss army man and the only other thing i guess i know them from is that music video i didn't even know that was them but it makes a lot of sense i feel like you know having watched that makes this movie makes more sense than having watched swiss army man but um it's it's out of control. It's wild. It's like something that I think, and I like. I'm about, I'm about to say it's something I I could see myself watching from like Adult Swim or like MTV. But then by saying that, it's like it's not even like a, it doesn't sound like a good thing because it sounds like wild and like crazy and out of control. Even though there's a lot of good stuff in there, this movie is obviously way more than that. I'm just trying to say this is like some wild shit that you wouldn't be surprised if you saw it at like 2 a.m. Like what else are you gonna see at 2 a.m.? You're gonna see some crazy wild stuff. Yeah, and, um, I mean, and it it's wholly unique, you know. And that's why you know going back to that Matrix comp of like when you watch the Matrix for the first time, it it was. It's kind of one of those things you're like, I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. When you're going to be watching this movie, you're like, you've never seen anything like this before. It's I've just never kinda, seen some shit like this. It's, it's just so kind of crazy. And there is, yeah, there's like moments, right? There's little throwbacks and <clears throat> there's literally costumes and stuff that, I mean, there was even a point where there, a couple times, like the, uh, the, the song, like, this is a story of a girl. Like they were just quoting that song at certain parts. It played a different part. Like when he's giving her advice, he's like literally just like saying the song lyrics. And I was like, what is going on right now? And I thought the song was going to play or something. It just doesn't. He just starts talking normal. I was like, this is wild. Um, but just weird stuff like that's happening. And, uh, but you know, throughout the whole thing, it's still, like you said, this generational family drama. And that's what like grounds it all together. And even throughout these crazy scenes of like chaos and fighting and, and like, cartoonish violence and some violent violence um there's moments of like growth and character development and oh yeah and just you know real like real emotion that it's almost like how did you get real emotion out of this like how did this seem genuine how did you know gosh there's a conversation that her husband has with her and he's just like you know like you see me you know you see me as like a like a weak person like i'm not you know i'm strong like it's just like holy shit like it's affecting they have a conversation there's there's a part where they're just rocks 
They're like, oh, in this oh, universe, yeah. like, yeah, they couldn't sustain life, so there's no living things. We're just rocks here. So you just sit here. You're just a rock. And then they have a conversation as rocks with just text on the screen that actually works somehow. How does yeah. that work? Like, how does <laughs> how like how was I not watching them as rocks? And like, oh my god, this is this is where they went too far. It still plays in the movie. It make like it just it just goes, and to the point where there's like the rock falling down this cliff is actually an emotional moment, like in the climax of this movie, mm-hmm. where it's like, holy shit, like get your daughter, you know, and um, and it all ties up in the end with kind of like that, you know, all you need is love type of thing. And some people have talked about this movie and talked about how great it is and how it's like kind of a wild ride that you really need to go to theaters to see just because of how insane it is. But it kind of falls apart in the end. It gets a little formulaic in a way. I think the movie still has strength in the end. I like the way the movie wrapped up, actually. Mm-hmm. I That's kind of one of the biggest concerns I've seen to see about the movie. For me, it's not really a concern at all. And I think the heart of it is what holds it all together and really makes it like a like a true like experience and uh and a really great experience to be honest i mean i I think the end of the movie uh hits it home in a great great way absolutely yeah for formulaic or or not like the actors still have to kill it like yeah Yeah. you can have a formulaic ass ending but if your actors are subpar then it's going to be mediocre you know shout out to freaking michelle yo and um the a daughter stephanie uh I, I'm bu- I'm butchering her last name. I think it's Stephanie Hugh or it's HSU. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just call her well, Joy. She was Joy in the movie. <laughs> Joy, yeah. Joy and Evelyn. <laughs> their scene <laughs> was intense. Yeah, and they killed it. They did such a good job. I'm not surprised Michelle Yeoh's got twelve things in production right now because yeah. she is a star a, and she's already been a great actress but this one transcends like it, it it was so powerful such great chemistry between them two and really pulls the heartstrings like it really like has a great ending and yeah it is yeah yeah it is formulaic um but I, I i was right there with you i really enjoyed how this movie finished off i like how it played out and it just kept on that 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 um that energy of like wackiness and then there's like some heart stuff and then like wackiness and like heart like it just kept going it it balanced off each other very well it didn't seem out of place um where like you know sonic like had some human elements like oh this is out of place you know and this is it just i mean obviously this is yeah they're not sonic not even the same universe uh, here yeah yeah, but this is uh you know this is why it's it's a once in a generation type movie like this is why like people are raving about it because they just did such a good job at this and it's some shit you've never seen and it's got a lot of heart in it yeah (laughs) and it's 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 great. It's a ton awesome of heart, man. A ton of heart, ton of fun, and it's just yeah, wild experience overall. And as much as we, you know, we call it like goofy, zany, crazy, wild, uh, throughout all that, you know, not so crazy, not so wild that it's not entertaining. It is wholly entertaining throughout. I feel yep. like it's uh, you just kind of want to see what happens, and even as things are, it's such a, it can be such a um, jarring experience watching a multiverse type movie. Whereas even if you saw Spider-Man, you're like, oh, I get a multiverse. Everyone comes to one universe. No, this is like someone, like one person is like tapping into different 
universes like at will almost to like soak up as much as she can and uh so it's it's a little more jarring than most multiverse experiences at least that we've seen through marvel that have been popularized uh that being said just you know kind of blew me away i i I cannot wait to watch it again i'll probably see it again before this weekend's over and uh i am just a huge fan of this movie huge proponent uh want everyone to see it glad it exists glad it's coming out and uh how do you want to score i feel like we got to score this one with googly eyes what do you think googly eyes play um i could start it off mine's just pretty it's super high yeah it's super high um it could be higher but i'm i'm perfectly fine with 96 googly eyes this is like a movie i i've just never seen this movie before <laughs> like it's just so good the way this movie played out i uh, went ahead and uh and and kind of came into this movie kind of like harsh like i was kind of like okay this movie needs to wow me and um i guess in the beginning i was a little confused with the multiverse stuff but then as the movie played out everything worked out and i just enjoyed it i there was a whole hour and a half that just i feel like it never stopped and i was like holy shit this is this is really good like this is a good movie and um and i loved it i i felt like so Rizza from Wu Tang, right? At an early age, he saw like these kung fu movies, and it just became part of his life. Yeah, like, this is one of these movies that could just—you could see this at an early age, and it could just shape who you are as a human <laughs> being with like the the movies that you watch, like the things you want to consume. Like, it's such a good movie. It's once in a generation type movie. It's so unique. Mm-hmm. It's almost like happened by accident, kind of. It just gave these people a shot, and and it worked. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, three three word review is going to go along with the you know fa- uh, the generational family drama, which I feel like we could all kind of relate to you and respond to you. Um, no no family is perfect, right? <laughs> There's a lot of flaws in them, and uh, but you know watching a movie like this could be therapeutic for you, and it could be good. And um, the um, the male lead. It, you know, there's something about patience that really stuck with me and something that, you know, he really did. So I, I'm just going to say three word reviews. Patience is love. This movie, you know, there's to be patient. That's there's a lot of love behind that. I'm excited to tell you my three word review now. Um, so it's love is it's not. It's uh, so vastly <laughs> different. So vastly yeah. different. Um, so yeah, no, it's a it's a great score. Uh, I, I, so I'm I'm giving this one a, uh, I mean, right there with you, 95 uh, googly eyes out of 100, and yeah, and that could go higher. You know, end of the year reflection, yeah. like hey, this needs to bump. We need to bump this up, and we'll see after the next viewing. I but I'm a huge fan. I, I think everyone, like I really think if you like movies, you should go see this movie. I think there's kind of yep. something for everyone there, and it it'll it's. It's just wild enough. I don't, you know, I don't want to oversell it, but whatever. You know, we're here talking about it. I just dug it. I dug the experience a lot, and I, I really feel like it's something that, uh, something that everyone can find something with. I think Jamie Lee Curtis. We haven't talked about her too much, but Jamie Lee Curtis kills it in this movie. She is out of control, and I, you know, I've never seen Jamie Lee Curtis like this. I don't think anyone has. It's she's. <laughs> She's just a psychopath in this movie in yeah. a lot of ways and is awesome. Like so, scary. Yeah, I want to give her her just due, too, because everyone does really well. But Jamie Lee carries a lot of the weight of this movie also. And my three-word review is going to be um, uh, butt plug bagels. 
so that's uh, not patience is love, <laughs> uh, but to, it you know it plays for the movie. All that all it, that stuff matters. It, that, that's the movie. Yeah, you got some heart and you got some zany wackiness. Yeah. And uh, although I did, although I was mostly drawn to the heart, you know, when it comes to three word reviews, we're going full butt plug on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so he just it. rated with blood, butt plug trophies. Dude. Yeah, but the googly. Eyes, I was like, that's you know. the whole audience is like, oh, you know, like, yeah, it's clearly a butt plug. Like, <laughs> and it's, I mean, this is it was one of those that I watched and I was like, well, this is going to be, I mean, easily top five. Yeah, maybe number one movie of the year for sure. Probably, yeah, and I'm sure it's going to get a lot of Oscar recognition, and it should. I hope it does, man, because it deserves it. And I don't know what awards it'll go up for, but it should get like ten nominations. Like, just I'm give it a bunch of love. Yeah, I'm excited to see how the Oscars respond to a movie like this. That's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I hope mm-hmm. so. I hope so. They better. They got to do something after that slap. So yeah. <laughs> redeem yourself. <laughs> all right well i think uh i think that wraps up our episode for the day so uh thank you guys for listening we'll catch you next week peace